0: Midweek, how many of you are tired? I mean, just flat tired. And I tell you what, it is tough to come preach midweek when you work all day and and just have the stresses of the day. But I I would not trade it for anything. Amen. So y'all just bear with me as I get my thoughts together. I believe the Lord's got something for us tonight. And uh, Pastor told me we've been talking about the big battles in the Bible. All the big battles on Wednesday night. And uh, and so tonight I'm going to try to. Stay with that theme a little bit. I might change it up just a shade here tonight, but I want to talk about I think the biggest battle that all of us fight. Every one of us, from the young kids to us, the, the oldest uh, gray haired saint in the room, all of us fight this, uh, this battle I'm going to talk about tonight the battle of the flesh. Anybody ever fight that battle? Anybody ever struggle with what, that, what the flesh wants and what the flesh desires and so forth? Now, young ones, I want to ask you a question tonight. I'm to, I, we'll just take a poll here. It's the easiest way to do it, I think. Now, I'm going to make you a deal tonight. Here's the deal. There used to be this old sh- old game show years ago. Let's make a deal, right? And so here's here's the deal. How many of you, if I offered this to you right now, said, I would take that? Or, here's the alternative, after the service, I'll give you something else, but you don't know what it is. Would you take what you know? How many of you like these uh, fruit snacks? They're pretty good, aren't they? Uh, What's your favorite color? Red, red, yes. How, how about you? What's your favorite color? Red. Oh, red is the hot, hot ticket today. Purple. All right. So all these different favorite colors. What's yours? Can you almost taste it in your mouth? hmm doesn't this almost taste good? Can y'all practice this? Chew with me. Can you taste it? Really you taste it now? Now, how many of you want it right now? But what if there was something else at the end of the service, but you don't know what it was? I mean, it might not be anything good. I don't know. We just don't know what's at the end of the service, right? But you know right now you could have this. Which would you choose? How many would choose this right now? What you know? Y'all just ruined my illustration. Kids are great about that. All right, adults, y'all help me. How many of y'all choose this right now? All right, I knew y'all would. All right. (laughs) Verses which you have at the end of the service. So turn with me tonight. I want to talk about that very thing, how our flesh kind of works. We're going to kick off over in James just for a second, but we're heading to Genesis chapter 25 to use our Bible illustration tonight. But I want to read you just a couple verses out of James. It talks about, I think, our greatest battle. Our greatest battle uh, that we're ever going to face is, we can blame everybody else in the world. We're good at that, aren't we? Aren't we good at blaming everything else that happens? Everything that happens, somebody else's fault. You know, our greatest battle is this, this person. That's my greatest battle right here, that flesh and its desire. Read with me James chapter 1, and we'll just read a couple verses here, and then uh, as our kickoff, we'll get started. It says this in verse 14, But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own What's that next word? Lust. And enticed. Then, when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth what? Sin. And sin, when it's finished, bringeth forth death, the Bible says. I want you to see the order here. Every man's tempted when he's drawn away with his own lust and enticed. Now, notice so far it hasn't even talked about the sin to be tempted, has it? That just kind of happens, right? What happens is when we let that that temptation overcome us, and we start to lust after it, lust after it, it, entices after it, and we go conceive it, and we grab that thing. That's how the flesh always works. It always gets us uh, right where it makes us have the strong desire for something, and then if we don't get if we don't overcome that desire for whatever it is, then we're ultimately going to go grab it and take it, right? We're going to lust at it. We're going to want it so bad we're just going to get it and we're going to eat it and we're going to take it or, or we're going to partake of it, whatever it is. That's the process of the battle of the flesh. And it happens to Christians. It happens to uh, the lost or It happens to everybody. But thank God we have the Holy Spirit of God for saved, amen, who will help us through that temptation. So tonight what I want to look at is out of Genesis chapter 25. The ultimate bad deal that was made here. The ultimate bad deal that happens when we follow our flesh and, and what it could cost us in the long run. Sometimes it could even cost us our future. Genesis chapter 25, flip over there with me and we'll, we'll pick up our reading here. Uh, just to give you the, the background here, this is Isaac and Rebecca, and they're about to have twins. About to have two babies. One's named Esau, one's named Jacob, and, and we're going to read about uh, this birth right now and see what happens. The Bible says in verse 24, Genesis 25, verse 24, And when her days, talking about Rebekah, uh, her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. Getting ready to have two babies. And f- the first came out red all over like a hairy garment, and they called his name Esau. And after that came out his, bro- his brother out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob. And Isaac uh, was three score, seven years old when she bare them. And the, the boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field. And Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison, but Rebekah loved Jacob. And Jacob sawed pottage, and we'll talk about what all that means in a minute. And Esau came from the field, and the Bible says he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, behold, I am at the point to die, and what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And he swore unto him, and he sold him his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink and rose up, went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word. and We ask you for the next little bit, Lord, you'd help us to see, Lord, the, the cost it makes, the, 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 that Lord, sometimes when we follow our flesh and our flesh's desires and we make poor decisions because of our flesh, that ultimate battlefield we have with our own flesh, Lord, that sometimes it has consequences. And I want us to learn tonight to not trade our future for the future you have for us. Help us learn that lesson from this. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you look in verse 25, Esau and Jacob were twins, right? Everybody's got that. Now, which one was born first? Let's make sure we got, the, got it down right. Who came out first? Esau did, right? So that meant, if you understand their culture, that meant the birthright uh, belonged to Esau. In the Middle Eastern culture, that meant he got at least two times the the father's wealth. He got double the share of the father's wealth. He also would become, when the father would pass away, the the priest of the family, if you would, the leader of the family, the patriarch of the family. And so he had the birthright to to inherit all of his dad's wealth. He had had, uh, the right to be the leader of the family when his dad died because Esau was born first. First. the bible goes on to tell us a little more about him it said Esau was a skilled hunter and outdoorsman and and he was kind of a if you want to look at it that way he's kind of a man's man he was uh he even said he was hairy and all that and his dad seemed to really like him and so forth Jacob it seems described describe Jacob stayed home with mom a little more and well he, he dwelled in tents and and so they were they were kind of polar opposites you ever notice how sometimes we have brothers and sisters and we're all polar opposites Nothing wrong with either one, right? But you just see the contrast between the two. One was an outdoorsman hunter and all that stuff. And one stayed home and, and was uh, helping mom around the house a little more so forth. And you get to verse 28, the Bible says that, that Isaac kind of favored Esau because he was out there with him all the time in the woods. Rebekah kind of favored Jacob who was home with him all the time in the woods. And then verse 29, they'd been out hunting and here they come back. And the Bible says, and, uh, and Jacob sawed pottage. So he sawed pottage. Now that's, that's words we don't use today. Let me just tell you what he did. He cooked up some stew or some soup. That's maybe the way you look at it. So he's, Jacob's at home and he's cooking some stew. How many of you ever come in after a long day of work or out in the field or outside where it was hot and you come in and you smelled mama cooking? Anybody ever come in too? and it smelled good? I mean, you got hungry and you just wanted to eat and that's what happened. Esau comes home from hunting with his dad he walks in, and and his, and his brother Jacob, his mom been cooking, and he smelled it. He said, "Oh, I want some of that. I am famished." He said, I, "I'm starving. I, I, I need, I need that. I need to eat. I, I, I'm, I'm literally." He goes on to say, "I'm literally to the point of die." You ever exaggerate it? Oh, I'm so hungry, I'm going to die. We always say, I, I don't know if he's really that hungry or if he's really that faint. But the Bible said he was faint. He was really tired. He was really hungry. He was really at the point of exhaustion. And, and he comes in, he smells that smell, that soup, and he basically says, give me some soup. He said, brother, can I have a bowl of soup? Esau said, let me have some. Jacob looked at him, he said, no way, Jose. That's in the original, I'll just give that to you for free tonight. And, and so he looks at him and, and, and Jacob says, Esau, listen, you want the soup? Here's the deal. You are the firstborn, trade me your birthright for a bowl of soup. That's kind of what happened here. Trade me your birthright for the bowl of soup. Esau kind of looks at him, he, I, I think he, we're just kind of adding a little bit here, but he, I think he just said, you got a deal. What good does a birthright do? Dad's, dad's healthy. Dad could die. He could live for another 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Back in those days, even longer. He said, why, why do I care about that birthright? I am hungry now. My flesh, my desire wants that food right now. And he makes a deal. And he trades his birthright for a bowl of soup. They sealed the deal. And there's the trade. I don't think it works this way back in their days, but could you imagine the day comes when daddy does die and the wheel was red? And all of a sudden, what should have been Esau's? goes to Jacob. He thinks back to that day, I traded all that away for what? A silly bowl of soup. I want to show you a few things from the Bible tonight of what that little bowl of soup cost him. That fleshish desire, that, that I, I want it now, I got to have it now, without thinking about what down the road that decision would cost him, cost him. Look with me in the Bible just real quick. We'll look at a few places. Go to Genesis chapter 12. We'll flip together tonight. I didn't have time to give this to the, the, the folks for the PowerPoint, so you're just going to have to use your Bible tonight. Somebody say amen. That's good for us, right? Won't be on the screen. Over in Genesis chapter 12, verse 12, the. Uh, Jacob and Esau's grandfather was a name by the name of a man by the name of Abraham. Y'all ever heard of him? We sing the song, right? Father Abraham had many sons, and y'all don't want me to sing. I'll stop right there. But, uh, but he's, the, he's the father of the nation of Israel, and he was promised by God many blessings. In fact, over in Genesis 12, verse 2, the Bible said, I will make thee, talking to Abraham, I will make thee a great nation. I'll bless thee, and, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. I'll bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee, and, 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 and thee, all the families of the earth, shall be blessed. Of course, God, we know, keeps His promises always. And later on, we, Abraham, we find out in Genesis 13, verse 2, that the Bible literally says this, and Abraham was very rich, very rich. God had blessed him, just like He said. He was rich in cattle and silver and gold, the Bible goes on. And he later, at the end of his life, the Bible says that when Abraham was old and well-stricken in age, in Genesis 24, verse 1, the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. So here's the way you would put it. Back in those days, it would have been, you could have compared an Abraham with all that he had, would have been worth what we would say today, millions at least of dollars. He's a multimillionaire. Think about it that way. A multimillionaire. How many of you like to have a million dollars? How many just like to have a dollar? <laughs> and so here's the deal. If you were the firstborn son and your, your father in that time had, had, was worth all that money, guess what you'd get? At least two-thirds of the wealth would be yours. So his daddy was worth millions, trying to put it in our terms today. He passes away. Esau should have gotten two-thirds of whatever that wealth amount was. Guess who got it, though? Jacob. Why? For a bowl of soup. For a bowl of soup. That's a pretty, that's not a very smart trade, was it? When you think back. See, that's what our flesh will do. It'll get us to make decisions at, at the moment. We want it right now. And we trade the future for the present. Give me, that, give me that temporary tingle. Fulfill my flesh right now, right here. This is what I want. I'll, I'll trade my future just for that bowl of soup. He lost millions, if you think about it that way. He also lost this. Flip on in your Bible with me to Genesis chapter number 32. I want to show you something else he lost. Genesis chapter 32. He lost the right to have God's chosen nation named after him. You said, wait a minute. God's chosen nation is not named after Jacob. What's God's chosen nation named? Israel, right? Do you know who Israel is? That's Jacob, right? There was a night in Genesis chapter 32 that the Lord and Jacob wrestled all night long. And at the end of that wrestling, and I believe it was a pre-incarnate Jesus Christ he was wrestling with there. Uh, at the end of that night, guess what? His name, Jacob's name was changed by the Lord. I'll read it to you. Genesis 32, look at verse 24 with me. The Bible says, and Jacob was left alone and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not go, or let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said to him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel, as a prince, for thou hast... Power with God and with men and has prevailed. Think about it. The entire nation of Israel today is named after Jacob. That maybe could have been Esau. But for a bowl suit. For a temporary satisfaction. For a temporary tingle. For a temporary thrill. Give me the thrill now. Who cares what it's going to cost me in 20 years, right? Give me the fun now. I'll worry about the future later. Forget the doors that may shut. Forget the, the lives that it'll hurt in the future. I want what I want, and I want it right now. Does that sound like anybody ever been there? Huh. Young ones, y'all are there. Us adults have been there. Sometimes we just get to the place. We want what we want, and we want it right now. And we let our flesh dictate and help us drive to make poor decisions. I'm just here tonight. Don't trade your future for a silly bowl of soup, right? He lost the right to have... Uh, the God's chosen nation named after him. He lost the right uh, to millions of dollars. He lost the right also to carry the seed that would one day lead to the Messiah. Flip on with me. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. We'll just do a little Bible study tonight, flipping through. Matthew chapter 1. This is the thing none of us ever read. <laughs> As you get to Matthew chapter 1. Usually when we read this, we, we, we just say, okay, okay, and they begat, and they begat, and let's go on, let's roll on, right? But As you get to Matthew chapter 1, look at verse number 1, the Bible says this, the, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat who? Jacob. Whose name should be there? Why isn't it? Bowl soup. Traded his birthright for a bowl of soup. Generations uh, in Matthew, the generations move forward in history from Abraham. Then you go to Luke, you'll see the same thing, except in that one it goes backwards, uh, written from that time backwards. But there it says, which was the son of Jacob, which is the son of Isaac. In both genealogies that ultimately go down through and lead to Jesus Christ himself, the name of Jacob's mentioned. And Esau is not. A silly bowl of soup. He lost millions of dollars. He lost the right to have God's chosen nation maybe named after him. He lost the the right to have his name listed in the the bloodline that led to Jesus Christ for a bowl of soup. Now, I want to be fair. Let's be fair. Did Esau know all that? There's no way he could have, right? There's no way he could have. He didn't know what all the future held. See, God sometimes, our our future, we look ahead. I don't know what tomorrow holds, do you? I know who holds tomorrow, but I don't know what tomorrow holds. God has a future for every one of us. How many of y'all believe that? How many believe God's got a plan for you? He's got a desire for you. He's He's got something He wants you to do. He's got a future for you. He's got a big old box that is your future. The problem is we can't see what's in it, can we? We don't always know what the future holds for us. Here's the thing I want you to understand. Whatever your bowl of soup is, and by the way, every single one of us in this room have one. If you don't think you do, you are a sitting duck. Every one of us have something our flesh struggles with more than anything else. And let me tell you, the devil knows exactly what it is, and he's going to put it right in your face. He's going to tempt you, not a sin to be tempted, but what are you gonna do at that moment? If you give in, say, I want it, you could be trading away right the future of what God wants to do in your life. Seems kind of silly looking back now, right? I wonder what your bowl of soup is tonight. Listen, there we could go through illustration after illustration of bowls of soup. I got friends galore that I was in school with, some of which now are addicted to drugs, some of which are drunk, some are in prison. Some aren't even with us anymore because they chose bowls of soup that led them down the wrong road. Some of them, some of us, like me, got middle challenges. (laughs) I choose a bowl of soup all the time that probably uh, I shouldn't be choosing, right? Listen, we all got struggles of our flesh, right? Now, when we partake of this and do things that lead us down a road that we shouldn't go sometimes we can even get ourselves out of out of what god has for us in the future you know how many teenagers have babies out of wedlock today unbelievable amount i even have the statistics i'm not going i'm not going to uh, read through all that i don't have time for all that tonight oh god listen i don't know what your bowl of soup maybe it's pornography when I was pastor, and I'm going to tell you what, the number one thing I dealt with with men, and by the way, it was very predominant among women, in counseling was pornography. I'm talking about in the church. I'm talking about in the church. Bowl of soup. It'll ruin your marriage. It'll, I've seen many of them run. What's your bowl of soup tonight? Young ones, young kids, there's going to come a day that people are going to come to you And they're going to tempt you to do things that your parents have told you clearly are wrong. They're going to tell you you're not cool unless you do this. You're not cool if you don't smoke this, if you don't drink this, if you don't do this. That's what your friends are going to tell you. Your parents are going to teach you that you don't do those things because it's wrong. You want to know why? Because your parents understand God has a future for you. Don't take the bowl of soup. What's the bowl of soup in your life? but you're willing to to trade away God's future of your life for? That's the question. What's that temporary thrill for right now? I hear people say all the time, well, everybody's doing it. (laughs) Well, if everybody in your circle is doing it, you're in the wrong circle. Somebody say amen. (laughs) It's not a big deal. I can handle it. I won't get addicted. Go ask everybody in the penitentiary today. They said the same thing. I'm telling you what, there's bowls of soup that I got friends that aren't here anymore because of their bowl of soup. Theirs might have been different than mine, but we all got one, right? We all got one. Maybe a night on Lover's Lane. Maybe it's just another cigarette or an inhale of a vape. I don't know what it is. Whatever in the world that the devil wants to put in there to, to get you to, to, away from what God has for you I want to tell you what it's never worth it God's future is always better than what he's got so think about it. He lost millions. He, could have, he lost a chance to maybe carry the seed of the Messiah. He lost the chance to have his name written in the genealogies. He lost the chance to have God's favorite nation named after him. He also lost the chance to have his sons be the leaders of the 12 tribes of Israel. If you flip ahead to Exodus chapter number 1, flip ahead to Exodus chapter number 1. Look at me, verse number 1. The Bible tells us this that, uh, about the, the tri- tribes of Israel and who were they named after. The Bible says, now... These are the names of the children of Israel which came to Egypt. Every man after his household came with Jacob. And then it lists Jacob's sons. They were all named. The head of each of those 12 tribes of Israel was named after Jacob's boys. Every one of them. should have been Esau's boys. The tribe of Dan, the tribe of Usher, the tribe of Judah, all of them are Jacob's boys. He lost a chance. See, Parents, let me talk to you. I know I've been talking to the young ones a little more tonight, but talk to you for just a moment. His decisions affected his kids' future. Did y'all see that? We don't live in a vacuum. No person in this room lives in a vacuum. The things you do that you think don't bother anybody else, I'm telling you, are affecting other people. Our choices have consequences. I want you to understand tonight, the devil's soup's never a great choice compared to what God has for you. What will your, what will your bowl of soup cost your children, parents? It should have been Esau's people that received the law on Mount Sinai. It could have been Esau's people to whom the temple was given in Jerusalem. It could have been Esau's uh, family that, that followed and that, that pillar by, of cloud by day and uh, the pillar of fire by night. Could have been Esau's people fed with manna from heaven. You know why it wasn't? Because one man decided he wanted a bowl of soup more than he wanted God's future. What's your bowl of soup going to cost you? He lost millions. He lost a chance to to carry the... uh, of the seed of the Messiah, he lost a chance to have his name listed in the genealogies. He lost the chance to have his sons be the leaders of the 12 tribes of Israel. He lost the chance to have God's favorite nation named after him. He even lost Canaan land. We don't have time to go there tonight, but ended up being divided up amongst whose boys? Jacob's boys, when they went in. I want one more, and we'll finish this thing up tonight. But flip with me all the way to the end of the book, Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21. You say, well, all those things were earthly things. So what's the big deal? We're not gonna be here that long, right? I like when people like to quote things from the Bible and use it kind of a little bit out. You know, well, life is but a vapor anyway. It won't matter in eternity. This one did. Revelation chapter 21. Read with me, verse number 12. Talking about heaven. Get your context out of verse 1. and John got to see a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And you go on and read about this great brand new heaven and earth that, praise God, if you're saved by the grace of God, we're going to experience one day and I'm looking forward to that. And one of the things we're going to see besides all the, the street of gold and all the, the wonderful pearls and all that stuff, I want you to look at verse 12 and see one of the things we're going to see. The Bible says, and it had a great... and and had a wall, great and high, and had 12 gates, and at the 12 gates, 12 angels, and the name's written thereon. So they're going to see some gates, and there's going to be some names written on gates in heaven for eternity. Guess who it is? Esau's boys. Who's it say? Which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. Jacob's boys. Say, my decision doesn't matter. That one did, didn't it? Could have been Esau's boys. But for what? Silly bowl of soup. What a lousy deal. Think about it. Let me ask you this. What is your bowl of soup tonight? What is it that you'd be willing to trade your future for? That that fleshly desire that God has for you. God has a future for you way better than anything you could ever cave in with your fleshly desire. Can I tell you the greatest bowl of soup that I believe the devil has for all of us? Now, I know it's a Wednesday night crowd, but, but he likes to tell, tell this world this. He likes to tell them they're all right. You'll be all right. Just live a pretty good life. If you live a pretty good life, you know what? God's going to look at you and he'll let you into heaven. Greatest bowl of soup ever given. I tell you, you can be the best person, most moral person, do more good than bad, do more good than Mother Teresa did. That won't get you to heaven. There's only one way to heaven. His name is Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. We can't earn it. We can't do enough good works. In fact, the Bible says all our righteousness is like a filthy rag. It says, there is none that doeth good, no, not one. And so it goes on to say that, listen, uh, all of us come short of the glory of God. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. See, our sin must be paid for. And the devil will tell you, you're all right, because you're a pretty good person. You'll be okay. And the Bible says, no, there's none that doeth good. But the devil will tell you, you're all right. And Jesus said, no, you're not all right. That's why I came. That's why I came and went to a cross and shed my blood and, and died on that cross in your place and, and so that, that you could be forgiven. I took your, your sin on my body on that tree so that you could receive my righteousness, the greatest news ever, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the payment for our sin. And then He asks you, and He he calls you unto Himself. In fact, He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto Myself. Guess what? He was lifted up on Calvary's cross, and the Holy Spirit's drawing all men right now unto Himself. But you have a choice. Will you believe in Him and have your sin debt paid? Not because you did something. It's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, Titus 3, 5. But according to his mercy, he saved us. He tells us exactly how to get it settled in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. He says that "That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Isn't that a great deal? Confess means I say the same thing. comes from a word, homo logo, like word. Say the same thing God says. What's he say about me? God says I'm a sinner. I agree with God. I'm a sinner. Hey, then it says, say the same thing God says about, my, about myself. It says the same thing about my sin. I am a sinner and, and I can't save myself. Uh, I, listen, we are saved by grace through faith. It's, it's, not a, it's not of works. It's a gift of God. Thank God for that. Say the same thing you say about myself and my sin and say the same thing he says about the Savior. none other name given under heaven whereby we must be saved but the name of Jesus. It's just Jesus. So if I confess, I agree with God, I'm a sinner. I agree with God, I can't save myself. I agree with God, Jesus is the only way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Hey, that's confessing. That's what he's talking about. And then I believe in my heart that he, that he died for me and was buried and rose from the dead. And the authority of the Bible says, thou shalt be saved. Isn't that a great deal? That's the greatest deal ever. It's the greatest news ever. If you've never done that. Can I encourage you? Get that settled tonight. Because the devil's greatest bowl of soup is you don't need Jesus You'll be okay. You're not okay. Let me turn it back for just a second. What's your bowl of soup? You want to answer that out loud. How many would just agree with this? We don't need to bow our heads right now. How many would just be honest and say, I got one. If you're like me, maybe you got a couple, right? I got some don't trade your future for it what god has is way better i promise you than whatever that bowl of soup is father we sure do thank you for your word tonight we thank you lord for the opportunity to win the greatest battle in life lord you are already provided the victory the victory over sin lord if we trust you as our savior the victory, Lord, also not just over the penalty of sin, but, Lord, even over, the, uh, over the, the, the idea of sin and having to live under sin in our life. Sin doesn't have dominion on us anymore once we become a child of God. We can say no to sin because your Holy Spirit enables us. That flesh is still there. It's still drawing us. It's enticed. It, it, it still wants what it wants, but, Lord, with the Holy Spirit, we can say no. And when we think about each and every decision we make and how your plan is better than our flesh's desire, Lord, help us not to trade our future for a bowl of soup. Help us to live in your perfect will. In Jesus' name, amen. And I invite you, if you're not here, if you're not sure that heaven's your home, please come see me before we leave tonight. Call upon his name before it's too late. Brother, I'll turn it back over to you.